It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And welcome to the most exciting public affairs show in radio. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. So glad to have Jay Baker with me again. Hi, Jay. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Adam. Thanks for having me on board. I wanted to, uh, before we get started into some of the important issues you wanted to bring up, I wanted to mention something we mentioned last week on the show. It's the Rock for Relief concert to benefit the California wildfire victims from uh, the recent tragedies out west. Uh, There is a show, and it's January 13th. A lot of our affiliates airing the show that you're listening to right now play the show on Sunday, January 13th. So a lot of us uh, can maybe make plans to be at that show tonight in California and help out the uh, some of the victims of the California wildfires. I want to read off some of the uh, bands and artists that are performing at the show tonight at the theater uh, Ace Hotel, the theater at the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles. Rock for Relief. Here we go. You ready? I don't think you're going to be able to handle this, Jay. I've heard that this is quite a lineup. Uh, you're familiar with Toad the Wet Sprocket. The lead oh, yeah, singer absolutely. from Toad the Wet Sprocket will be performing. Glenn Phillips, which sounds like an old 1940s big band. The Glenn, the Glenn Phillips. <laughs> Why did, I always thought Toad the Wet Sprocket was a weird name. That's better than the Glenn Phillips trio, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Mills from REM. Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. A uh, member of Chicago, Jason Sheff, will perform. Michael Devon from Whitesnake. Are you kidding me? Uh, Billy Morrison from the Billy Idol Band is going to be performing. Uh, Peter Beckett from Player. You remember the number one song, Baby Come Back? Absolutely. Huge Great song. Hit. Uh, Elliot Lurie from Looking Glass. Brandy, you're a fine girl. I mean, these are some hit machines, hit makers. Tons of special guests. It's going to be for a great cause. We've got a link to our website to get tickets for this show tonight, Sunday, January 13th in L.A. So if you're anywhere close to the West Coast or listening to this show in podcast form even at adamrichshow.com, you can support the victims of the California wildfires in this manner and see a great show in the process. Well, absolutely, and it's great to see these musicians band together. I'm sure they have a blast doing the show. But I heard a very interesting podcast Uh, on the Southern California recent wildfire situation. And this was a person that was very high up in the music industry. She lost everything that she owned. Now, she was grateful that she was able to get her animals and a couple of important things out of the house. But she said that we oftentimes think in terms of a Southern California wildfire, it only hits celebrities or very well-to-do individuals. Mm-hmm. And in her particular case, she said she has had neighbors that have lived around her for years. So we're just talking average, everyday people. Now, when a fire of this nature comes along, you do have some advance notice, and that's the good thing, so that you can keep the loss of life very low and that you can get pets and very important things out of your house. But as she pointed out in this interview, if you were standing in the driveway of your home and you're looking at your car parked there and you look at your home and you were told you have 20 minutes to select only what would fit in your car because everything else will be destroyed by fire, 
very difficult decisions were made. And as you might imagine, Adam, depending on people's financial being or bearing and the amount of insurance they had, I might have spent that 20 minutes thinking, I wonder if I have insurance on this, because you may or may not, depending mm-hmm. on how your insurance is written. So many of these individuals, yes, they got a chance to take some things out of their houses, but I'm sure a number have been left destitute by the recent wildfire. So I'm really excited to see that there are concerts like this. I just can't imagine having that scenario, standing in your driveway. You've got 20 minutes, go. I mean, there are times where I have uh, 20 minutes to send three emails, and I can't pull that off. I don't know what to do. I just stand yeah. there in my office staring at a wall thinking, uh, and then I just end up not doing anything. You asked me last week, you said, <laughs> what would you take? And and you're right, that is so difficult. I would say it might be an interesting, uh, uh, really might just be kind of an interesting exercise for anyone to maybe, as 2019 is upon us, to identify what's most important in your life Walk around your house and say, what could I not live without? So we're not recommending you throw everything else out, but I think it really would help you identify, no, this is really the most important thing. It would be a great exercise. to, And it also, mentally, to be able to say, uh, you'll find that a lot of the most important things in your life aren't material at all. So it's it's okay if you lose some things. Uh, in in a disaster like that. Because as long as you have your health, your family, your love, your loved ones, uh, you're going to be just fine. Absolutely. So obviously the most important thing, human life survives, but we do the benefit concerts because uh, real estate and a number of items lost forever and some people undoubtedly facing some financial hardships moving forward. And a link to this show, the uh, Rock for Relief at the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles, January 13th. Information and a link to get tickets are on our website, adamritzshow.com. So we move on uh, with the show and public affairs and talking about issues and initiatives. We want to thank our underwriters at Vibonomics. That is spelled just like the word vibe, like the great vibe we have right now in the studio with Jay and Adam. Uh, I can feel the vibe. Can you feel that vibe? I can. I can I, feel the vibe. Plus, it may just be coffee, but I just it, feel like this it, is going to be the best show we've ever done. It could be coffee. It could be the vibe. Uh, check out vibonomics.com to learn more about their audio experience software and how they're helping businesses across the country with their audio experience from music to promotional voiceovers to messaging, uh, reaching their customers in a very interesting way. It's a cool story, and you can check that out at vibonomics.com. Again, we'll have a link to their website uh, from ours, adamritzshow.com. And we thank them for supporting our public affairs show and the initiatives we cover uh, on the show. You know, when you say public affairs, it literally is a study of the greater good. There is an actual study of uh, of this at the university level. And it's interesting because sometimes we point out things that seem very obvious. One of the situations that sometimes we don't realize is that some of our behaviors might lead us into some interesting problems. And certainly talking about our online behaviors, we could inadvertently bring cybercrime into our lives, including Trojans, viruses, and malware. How many times have you well, I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it like how many times because hopefully it doesn't happen very often. But you'll occasionally go to your computer and think, "Hey, it's just not working well. Something mm-hmm. here is not quite right." 
Now, you know, in the past, Adam, you and I have worked with uh, guys in the radio industry, so it was pretty obvious your computer is not working because you're visiting websites you just shouldn't visit. Ironically, you can pick up Trojans, viruses, and malware from visiting what appears to be very innocuous websites. Even something as simple as shopping for a pair of shoes could put you in danger online. And they've done some research on this. Now, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot uh, because my technical acumen is not the greatest. I know what malware is. Right. Uh, I know what cybercrime is. This is the first time I've heard of the term Trojans, and I'm not afraid to admit that. And I'm going to assume it's like the Trojan, the Trojan horse. It's it a, absolutely it's something, is. Some sort of false technology sle- sleep, sneaking into your laptop that yes. you think is actual val- value has value to it you click on it and then a bunch of soldiers jump out and start a war not quite a war but a war that occurs inside your computer to give you an example of what a trojan would be is let's say you suddenly have i love the game solitaire and a friend sends you a link mm-hmm. says you're going to love this solitaire game download it from solitaire.com don't even know whether that exists or not and if it it does i'm not saying you would get malware from there but that is the type of link where you're going to be asked to download software onto your computer once that software is on your computer it activates a program inside that particular piece of software that commandeers something inside your computer and as you might imagine one of the things that gets commandeered a lot in these attacks is your personal information. We are all told to have a great password. Do you have great passwords? Because I will freely admit my passwords are lame. <laughs> They're horrible. They and I, I hate and I, I I don't want to learn any new ones. So, you know, so I'm you reusing the, variants of the other lame ones. The green bar doesn't stretch across to say strong. <laughs> right. Yours are red and it says weak. It, it this is a weak says password. Weak. <laughs> Your game is weak. The only thing better would be if your password actually was weak. Weak. (laughs) W-E-A-K. And, of course, you've heard the famous story of people whose passwords are literally password Mm -hmm. or PAS1234. I mean, you know, the most tragic examples, which when they're in a Yahoo article make us all laugh – The bottom line is most people will not invest in a so-called password manager that helps you manage passwords because you probably have heard you should have upper and lower case numbers, symbols, Mm -hmm. things that are not easily guessed. Um, Adam, if somebody knows you, they may know um, this is the street you live on or Mm -hmm. this is the name of your pet or this is the name of your first child. So your password might be spot. Elm, one, two, three, four, your street address on Elm and your dog's name is Spot. Well, all they need is that information and they're in on all your accounts. And, you know, we do do a lot online because we have a certain comfort level. We do banking online. And I think people would be horrified to think something that they're doing online could literally empty out their bank accounts or cause a situation You know, you do a lot of work with people's overall reputations. What if somebody acquired your entire email list of addresses and sent out an email, Adam Ritz is a convicted felon, and Mm -hmm. that just gets sent to everybody on there, and people would go, oh, my. 
You yeah. would look at that and say, I'm horrified that this has happened. So these are the types of things that can happen. There, now, obviously, what we're talking about might not go to this degree, but I have done some research recently. There are there's still a lot of hackers in this world that enjoy the hack, if you will. They enjoy the fact that they can bypass security systems. Yeah. And one of the things they have done, and you probably have heard of this, you might contract a virus on your computer that says, this computer will shut down completely in 12 hours unless you pay me $100. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. That particular hack is still extant, and people are saying, I will steal your identity I will steal even the the phone number that you have because the other thing that we have nowadays, because cell phones have become such a part of our life, smartphone is probably a better word than cell phone, even having the number that you have could be commandeered by somebody. And that number is very important because my guess is in your particular case, and it's probably not unlike many people, you've had the same phone number for probably years, plural, yeah, and every one of your contacts on that phone are very important to you. My guess is if you had to call me on the telephone, you would just look up Jay Baker and hit send. That's it. You I, wouldn't I even wouldn't be cognizant, yes, that my number is actually a bypass number to Nome, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's some fun fact that someone would never know. But the point being is, we're so reliant on the convenience factor. We want it to be convenient. If you bought a new smartphone tomorrow, you would want the phone store to just take your phone and turn it into an Adam Ritz model phone, whatever your new phone is, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. want to have all your contacts in there. Same You'd want apps, to have your calendar, everything. your notes. You'd want it all to remain the same. What is happening with some of these Trojans and hijacks are – they're able to go in there, commandeer it, and say, in 12 hours, your computer will turn into a brick. In 12 hours, this phone will become unusable because we're going to take your identity. There are people that would say, well, you know, so what What could be the set of consequences? But we, we do talk about it. there could be some social media consequences, and there could be some professional and uh, reputation consequences from this. And a lot of this stems from our early point about the fact that we have sometimes very compulsive behaviors online that you may or may not be aware of. And it may be something as simple as, you know, I really, really like shoes. So if somebody tells me about a new shoe site, I'm there. I'm going to look for shoes. Now, you would think shopping for shoes online sounds innocuous, but the researchers at Michigan State have said it all stems back to the fact that you may have, and this is a tough one, Adam, you may have low self-control. And what happens is people in the hacker world are viewing that in your particular case or anyone's particular case, wow, it's pretty impulsive. The minute this person wants something, and we're very used to We've talked about the Amazon model in the past. Mm-hmm. You, Anything under the sun, apparently, you can buy on Amazon. Everything, you know, from a stick of butter to a nuclear reactor, you can buy on Amazon. And, you know, one, you know, they got the one-click shop. Next thing you know, it's in a UPS box and it's on your front door. So that's what uh, they are saying now is cyber criminals are studying pe- people who have 
low impulse control, low self or yeah, low self control is what it's called, Adam. They uh, they'll pounce. They they know yes. that you want shoes. Sure. They know that you like and find it entertaining and self gratifying to right. purchase the shoes through your smartphone or on the internet, and right. they're ready to pounce to get you to get your information to. S- yeah, they may bank account to do may, a number of things. Yeah, they may send you a bad website in the form of using your email box because once they're in there, they can send you. They they know, you know, your own phone has all your mm-hmm. email information in there, and including, unfortunately, your passwords for your email because chances are you haven't changed. And once again, any of these things I say, I'm not picking on you because I do the same things. Many of us have never changed the password for our email because we're so much in need of your email. I mean, I use mine for business and pleasure. And Mm -hmm. like the second you open that device, you need that email readily available. So you don't change the password. Are there, uh, with this research from Michigan State University, do they – are they just identifying that this is a problem or or do they have suggestions to avoid this problem? Like one of the things that popped into my head is um, when I get an email from my bank to tell me that there's some sort of activity in one of my bank accounts, I will never reply to that email or click on a link in that email. I will go to a different device, usually my phone, and I will call my bank from a number that I already have that I know is my bank, uh, and you, you know, I know that's maybe a little paranoid because it's it happened recently in my and it was it was a real email. This was a real right. issue, and they wanted to talk to me about an account. So I called them, and they're like, "Yeah," and we settled the problem. But I'm just so paranoid that that is, you know, some guy uh, across a, an ocean who set up this fake email right. to make it lo- even use their logos to make me think it's a bank in America, my bank, to have me click on this link. And then the next thing you know, uh, he's going to overtake the faucets in my house. Absolutely. Well, you think about it, you probably have heard of the story of the so-called phishing scam, the P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G scam, where let's say you get an email from Citibank, but it's two T's instead of C-I-T-I bank. It's Citibank. You respond to it, and they say, hey, look, there's a problem with your account. Please provide your account number and your full name. You've just given them the material that they need. Uh, In answer to your question, being careful is always a great idea. I am certainly not a computer expert, but I found this article to be interesting because this is very much akin to the habits that we all have. Um, I don't know how much shopping you do on Amazon. I do it because I just don't have time sometimes in my busy schedule to take – when I say take care of things, it's like, hey – my running shoes are ancient. I need a new pair of running shoes. I already know what brand I need, so I don't need to go to a store to try them on. So, mm-hmm. dink, there's my running shoes. Then it's later like, uh, I'm really out of these vitamins. Now I could stop at the local pharmacy, but uh, bing, you know. Every time we buy something online, that profile begins to emerge. And what these hackers are looking at is like the even big picture that you are – just buying stuff, not like like crazy, if you will, but your buying pattern is one that 
you're obviously very impulsive. And they said this can lead you to a problem. So in some people's case, this is not necessarily a problem. It just says that this type of behavior online is a little bit like, uh, what do they say? You know, if you're a pride of lions in Africa, you can hear that one of the gazelles is not running properly. So that's that's lunch this afternoon. That mm-hmm. gazelle has a limp. So what these hackers are kind of hearing and seeing in the cyber world is this guy, Joe, he loves running shoes. And he, look at this, he even buys his vitamins. He doesn't even stop at CVS for crying out loud. We need to hit this guy because if I send him a thing, Joe, buy all your vitamins wholesale. Yeah. Hit this link. Boom. Boom. You you might have that guy. And these criminals are going from everything to the big score to the little score because, as you might imagine, that old hack of if you don't pay us $100, your laptop will turn into a brick. That causes a lot of people to say immediately, hey, that $100 is inexpensive compared to losing all my cyber information. Mm-hmm. And all the way up to and including, hey, huge corporation, we have all your mailing lists, so we need a payment of X number of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So the crime is in place. It's whether it can be executed. And you don't want to, I think, as a consumer, open yourself up to that. There's so many stories of uh, everyday people that have had problems. It's not just when you hear about the the targets of the world that have a a breach of millions of emails. Uh, My sister has had uh, her checking account emptied like three times in the last seven years. And it's and she does a lot of online shopping. And I didn't know if that's why or if there's got to be a reason. I don't know if if the average American has had their checking account emptied three times in the last seven years. You're right. If, if you just pay uh, a little more attention and be a little more careful and just, uh, just realize that these hackers and criminals are out there waiting to pounce on you like a limping gazelle, it might uh, make you... A little, just a little more conscious about the website you go to, maybe. I well, absolutely, and you raise a great point. My guess is, and you know, I've I've met your sister. She's a sweet woman. It's a situation where she's thinking, "Hey, I want to get these items online out of the convenience." Many people have found shopping online to be very satisfying, but what happens is many of these accounts set up a thing. Hey, would you like to have us keep your credit card on file? But if that business ever gets hacked in any way, drain the account is something that these criminals search to do. The first, uh, before we move on, I'll leave you with this story. The first time I was aware of this type of criminal or activity was at least 15 years ago, which you could argue is was you know in the horse and buggy stage of of e-commerce, really. I mean, we've only had the internet for a few decades. In the in the course of human history and communica- human communication, that's not very long. Right. So uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I get an email from my cell phone provider that says I owe them $1,700. It was a $1,700 bill from my cell phone provider. I mean, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. My, it was pure panic. It was, I need to pay this. Right. It was, I don't I don't want a lien against me. I don't want any credit problems. I don't want them to turn my phone off. And I almost paid it or was thinking about how do I how do I fight this charge? Right. Who do I call? And um, come to find out it was a scammer 
and they had taken the Verizon wireless logo and created an email template and made it look like a bill, click here to pay, and I'm sure they had some sort of PayPal account set up. And the the amount was so outrageous that I almost paid it because it it scared me. If it was for $17 or $170, I wouldn't even have read the email. But for $1,700, once I realized it was a scam, I wonder how many people... If it's just a pure numbers game, if they sent that email to 10 million people, knowing that you know 437 people would pay it, and that's a pretty good payday. I for think a it's scammer. interesting that you asked that because uh, in the research that I did, it found they found that they send out enough of these that your points well taken. That if only three to five percent of people responded, they make a very good living. So these cyber criminals are compensated well for attempting to scam you. And I do find that interesting because what you just said, because it does appeal to that inner voice that says, no, this is important to me. I don't want Verizon to be upset with me. Yeah. Disc jockeys notoriously have bad credit problems. <laughs> yes. That's a show unto itself. Yeah. But you're correct. You're like going, you know, I at least have halfway decent credit this moment, but apparently I won't after this Friday. And you're right. Your first inclination was not, I'm being scammed. This is criminal activity. I need to notify the authorities. I need to track these guys down and kill them. I mean, that wasn't your first thought. No. Your first thought was, where do I get a hold of $1,700? My first thought was, did I make that many phone calls? <laughs> I was... like the fact that, like you said, that does tap into, am I that absent-minded? Yeah. Maybe I was on the phone a little longer than I thought. It could have happened. I mean, you get some bills sometimes. You forget you had a bill, and it, it compounds. It adds up. It was maybe in an old account I had. I couldn't remember if I had an old phone. So they're they're banking. The criminals are banking on the fact that you can't remember what uh, your own situation, your own finances, and then you just pay it. Right. Especially, I would assume, uh, with the elderly and the elderly crowd. A lot of scam artists, even door to door, face to face scam artists, come to your house and say, "I'll give you twenty thousand dollars worth of windows if you give me five hundred dollars today to Correct. get the ball rolling." And a scam that does tend to victimize older Americans is someone calling and in a very authoritative voice say, I'm from the local insert name here because they usually won't go IRS on the phone because, you know, they realize they're about to commit a federal crime. But it'll be, I'm uh, Joe from your local county taxation bureau and our records indicate that you owe us $1,200. We need to get a payment from you today to prevent further whatever, you know, yeah. further uh, uh, interest accruing or, you know, garnishment of wages or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're an older citizen living on a fixed income, that's a terrifying phone call. The number is usually just tantalizing enough that the person says, yeah, $1,200, at least I've got that in the bank. Of course I'm going to pay them. Of course I don't want to be viewed as someone who is taking advantage of the law or the taxation code. Those citizens oftentimes grab that wallet and that number and their name and everything is out there. And what happens is, Adam, sadly in those cases, they don't just take the $1,200, but then they'll just use that person's credit card. You probably know or probably have heard that when credit cards are stolen, they're quickly converted to other forms of payment. 
If somebody steals credit cards from purses, they oftentimes go to those card malls at local grocery stores and they'll buy as many gift cards as they possibly can right. because that's a step between the stolen credit card and then the money that they're using for their own criminal enterprise. Well, hopefully uh, this conversation uh, will open some eyes and it's actually inspired me to talk with my parents. Uh, they are 77 years old. They're very with it. They, I, I'm sure they're, they're fine and have thought about this, but it's worth a conversation for me to sit down with my mom and dad and go over some of these things. Because, you know, if, if my mom got an email from uh, Sprint or AT&T that said you owe $1,500 over a past due account, maybe she would pay it before um, without hearing this story. So maybe just bringing it to light to your friends or family that these criminals are out there, the scams are out there, will maybe at least make them think twice before they just automatically write the check or investigate or do that. Uh, call the bank yourself. Don't just reply to the email that the bank sent you. Call the bank yourself. Go face-to-face into your branch to say, hey, I got a notice. Is this legit? Uh, and I do that all the time with my accountant, too, with my tax accountant. I get this letter from whatever agency, is this legit? And half the time he says, no, you don't need to worry about that. And the other half, he says, yeah, that's legit. Pay it. Right. <laughs> get a professional and be careful and then watch your online activity. And unfortunately, your sister would probably say, yes, don't impulsively buy a lot of stuff online. You might run into trouble. Her problems probably happen more in the summer because she has a swimming pool and she buys all kinds of junk for her swimming pool <laughs> through the internet. Uh, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Now, the criminals listening to this show are going to hit up my sister in May, at the end of May. <laughs> Our next show is going to be on swimming pool safety, and that's part of it. And Jay, thanks for bringing up cyber safety and all those kinds of issues that go along with uh, finances online and, and hackers and criminals. Uh, we'll have a link to. Uh, some of the stuff you've talked about on our website, adamritzshow.com. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just search Adam Ritz Show and you'll find us. Jay, as always, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.